Welcome to Don't Step on the Bluebells, the podcast where personal healing and transformation take center stage. I'm your host, Amanda Parker, and I'm a fellow seeker on the journey of personal growth. Join me as I delve into the stories of gifted healers, guides, and everyday people who have experienced remarkable transformations. Listen in as they share their practical wisdom to enrich your everyday life. And don't forget to hit subscribe and never miss a new episode. Welcome to this episode of Don't Step on the Bluebells, where I'm speaking to the incredible intuitive healer, Patricia Natalia. With a very diverse background, having started her studies in business and Spanish, moving into a more corporate role before quickly realizing that actually her life path and journey lay in helping people to heal, Natalia shares with us the incredible journey that she has been on to be able to get to this place in her life where she's able to help other people heal, as well as telling the stories of what's actually possible when you get to the root cause of a challenge that you're facing. She also helps us to demystify or even debunk some of these myths that we've heard about being on a spiritual journey or a spiritual path and shares so much wisdom and insight. You are not going to want to miss this. So let's dive in. Welcome to today's episode of Don't Step on the Bluebells. I am joined here today by the incredible Patricia Natalia, also known as Natalia. And we're going to be talking about many of the incredible intuitive healing gifts that Natalia brings to the table. And she's going to be sharing with us the way that she works with people to really get to that root cause of what it is that they need to heal in their life. So I don't wanna take up too much of that airtime and really wanna dive in and allow Natalia to really share with us some of that magic that she brings into the world. Thank you so, so, so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. It's my absolute pleasure, thank you. So I am really excited to dive into this conversation. Um, we actually met earlier this year through a common interest of ours and ever since I've just been really fascinated by what it is that you're doing in the world. So rather than asking you that direct question, I'd love for you to tell us if you were going to explain to your five-year-old self what it is that you do in the world, what would you say? <laughs> wow, that's, that's such a powerful question to start with. So I empower other people, mostly women, to really live in their highest and fullest potential. And I do this by looking at the root cause of what's keeping them stuck, what's keeping them playing small. This could be uh, presenting itself through, it could be an illness, it could be a disease that's coming through, um, or it could simply just be the feeling of feeling stuck in a cycle. Uh, this again shows up in relationships. It can also show up as uh, financial blocks. I, I body whisper, so I always have a conversation with a client initially just to see what I'm extracting from the energy field and also the organs and also the language that they are communicating. And I really sort of start just from there. So I, I hope that provides a summary. But essentially what we're doing is when we remove these blocks, we are 
I am empowering a woman to really step into her her highest and fullest potential in that. And that's something I love to see. I love that. <laughs> that was really a heavy hitter to start. So I appreciate you coming along for that journey with me. Um, and I must say, it sounds like you have a very sophisticated five-year-old self. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot about that part. <laughs> I help women. Yay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Have lots of fun and really, really be who they want to be in the world. I think that's a, that's a lovely uh, baseline. Yeah. That's amazing. So there's this um, work, the work that you're doing is really healing. It's helping people to heal. And I'm curious, this is a question that I really love to ask people who are joining what exactly healing means to you? This can look so many different ways. So what would you say that is for you? Healing for me is coming back to, uh, you know, it's, it's the soul's journey of coming back to the self. And through through generations, uh, you know, through family setups, through our ancestors, and even through past lives, we accumulate layers. And we are walking around with these layers that have been placed upon us. We are born into families where we automatically have a layer that's put on us there and then through childhood to uh, adulthood these layers just continue to form and essentially what happens is is we become more and more as these layers accumulate uh, disconnected from the self and it makes it incredibly difficult to know our desires to know ourselves to know what it is that we really want in the world and until we kind of really uh, uncover and peel back these layers, um, I often find that we are, we're really sort of um, connecting to the impressions that are placed on around us. And I find that this makes people feel incredibly lost over time. So to summarize with healing, what I like to do is sort of see it as uh, as I said, uncovering these layers, wherever they may have come from, that doesn't matter. But it really is so you can connect and identify with your soul, uh, your soul imprint, your soul personality, and who you really, really are. Because I think that is when you are in your greatest power. So that's amazing. What I'm hearing is that throughout our lifetime, we're picking up all these different layers of information from the people around us, from our families, our societies, our jobs, our partners, everything, and kind of just yeah. collecting like a magnet, yeah. all these layers. And the process yeah. of healing is really allowing those layers to fall away and come back to the yeah. core essence of who we are. Yeah. Exactly. And that, 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 that also includes, and I should have mentioned this, this also includes our pain and trauma. So we mm -hmm. go through life experiences and we collect, uh, you know, the pain and trauma from that. And I think often what happens is, is the conscious mind over time has the ability to forget about it. However, somewhere within the subconscious and in the body, there is a, there's a memory 
an energy that also becomes locked into the system. And so when we're unraveling, we're not just peeling back the layers, but we're also allowing a release of these emotions and these energetics in order to really consciously create. So we then start to work with the conscious mind to be able to intentionally create the life uh, that we want to have and the life experience. And again, that that for me is um, is a way that I love to empower people to be able to do that. So something you said that I find really fascinating, because I think this comes up a lot in maybe pop culture now, and I know I'm seeing it and I'm reading about it and I'm interested in it, but it's this concept of like, like healing trauma. And Mm -hmm. I think for a lot of people and probably a lot of people listening who don't have that much experience with healing or maybe even transformation, or maybe they haven't ever worked in the spiritual realm or anything like that. What is this conversation about trauma? You don't have to answer the whole big thing, but what does that really mean for the average person? Again, as we are traveling through life as a soul, we are having experiences which uh, may be heightening our, our shock senses um and we then again it, it it's funny because as you said there's so many ways of there's so many ways that I can tackle this and speak about this but the way that I will speak about this in this instance is that um our nervous system uh becomes uh, you know heightened in a certain way where it becomes a memory formation and so whenever we are having the same experience uh, later on, it could be in any other way, that experience, uh, because the memory is in the body, becomes triggered. Um, we seem to have this sort of knee-jerk reaction to, to that every time we experience it. And so what we want to do is have a look at where and when that uh, trauma response, where it was um, inserted, and where we kind of held on to it um, to try and remove it, to release that. But I also want to mention that this trauma can also come from our ancestors and their experiences because that energy just continues to be passed through the womb. So there can be many cases where you may have a certain fear and it's not necessarily accumulated by you and your experience in this lifetime. It can also be something that your ancestors had once felt. And to further add to that, there could also be past life trauma that comes through. So, you know, as a soul, we have many life experiences, again, where we are accumulating certain things. And then we come into this lifetime and we may have a certain fear of something, but we can't understand where it's come from or why that is there. Um, And so by looking into a past life experience, we can definitely extract to see where that began and, and started. And trauma trauma's a funny one because you don't actually realize that you're holding on to something and then you kind of have a, a response or a reaction or something comes up. It's a fear or a block. Um, and that's when it becomes quite obvious that there is something which is uh, hanging around in the background. Yeah, I think that's super interesting because I guess we've been trained sort of societally that trauma is something big and terrible happens. 
and then you have experienced trauma. And I was reading a book by Gabby Bernstein recently. So Gabrielle Bernstein, her book, Happy Days. And she talks really about this distinction between the big T trauma and the little Mm -hmm. T trauma. So big T Mm -hmm. might be something really big that happens in your life. It could be assault Mm -hmm. or abuse or a specific moment in time. And then you have these little, I mean, little, I shouldn't even call it little because that sort of Mm -hmm. minimizes, but you have these smaller kind of collective little T traumas that build up over time. And and that might be bullying in school or a teacher who picked on you or the babysitter said something to you once and you've held on to it. So it's really, Yeah. yeah, interesting to hear that distinction. As it builds up, it, it basically forms a belief system, which again is 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 in the subconscious. So, you know, we may have we may have grown up in a household where we heard a certain narrative from our parents. That actually becomes our belief system, and then that becomes our block. What's really interesting about trauma, and I think that was such a great point you made there with the big big T and then the little T's, is that I never, for me personally, I never experienced a big T. And so there was me thinking, oh, I don't have any trauma. So when someone used to try to relay trauma to me, I just thought, well, I, I don't really have nothing major has happened to me in my life. What I realized is as I started doing the work, there was multiple traumas, which were the smaller traumas, but were really contributing to my health um, and how I was experiencing the world certain fears that I had so what's interesting about this work is it's not that we're trying to dig to find things but what we can find is that there are once we start the work we sort of notice that there are things which may seem very subtle but actually are becoming blocks um, in adult life Mm. so yeah it's it's also this this shows up a lot in the coaching work that I do right so as limiting beliefs or just these beliefs that we have and hold on to as truth. And you don't even realize this is not the truth. It's not the universal truth that everyone in the world understands. And I think what I'm also hearing from you is you actually start to uncover these beliefs and in your case, actually see where did this come from? So how did this Mm -hmm. potentially begin? And is it something I actually still want to hold on to or not? Mm -hmm. Um, But really giving people the opportunity to be consciously aware in their own life of what they're thinking, what they're carrying, what they're holding on to. In my case, it's then you have a choice. You can keep doing this. That's great. It's up to you. Or you can choose, let it go and try on some new beliefs. Yes, exactly. And there are many traumas that you probably just don't even want to go there. And it's not necessary to try to, as I said, like, pick at every single thing however if there is something that you're trying to achieve or attain in your adult life uh, we then look to see why isn't this happening or why you're not able to move on um, in this cycle so so I'm very curious because from how I know you and have gotten to know you you are really in my eyes an evolved woman (laughs) you are really someone who's gone deep on the spiritual path your purpose your passion everything that you're doing is really helping others helping women in particular uncover 
what it is that's holding them back and through whatever means, whatever tools that you have at your disposal, helping them to clear those blocks. Was there a specific moment in time where you just knew this was the work that you had to be doing? How did you get into this place? (laughs) (laughs) That is a very good question. However, I would like to begin with that because I think this is probably the most important thing to know is one thing I never did was ignore my intuition, even though at that time I didn't even realize I had intuition. I I had no idea. But the one thing I did was if something really felt um, not so right for me, I always honored that and listened to that from a very young age. And I had so many people against me at one point because they just, I wasn't following the societal structure, but I almost felt like I was letting myself down or betraying myself if I, I didn't know why it felt good, but I would, I would, I would move forward with it. So I had no plans whatsoever to do any of this work. Uh, My degree is in business and Spanish. I was working in the aviation industry for some time. I have also worked in the wedding industry as a stylist and a makeup artist, which was was um, probably something that that really sort of started to develop my coaching skills, because obviously when you're working so closely with someone, you are listening and and really able to provide, I was really able to provide um, advice, good advice, even though I didn't know where it was coming from. For me, it started off on a journey of uh, self-growth and and transformation and evolution and just this desire to want to better myself, to want to understand the greater world and how things are are working in the universe. I'm a very um, metaphysics kind of girl. I wanted to really, I knew that there was something going on, but I never really understood what it was. And so for me, it was um, reading and, and developing myself this would have been many, many, many years ago. So I would say in my 20s. <laughs> and uh, it started off as a passion and a hobby. And through there, I mean, this journey could be really, really big if I go on. But I went to India to do my yoga teacher training. And I would say that that for me was the big game changer. I think that's when things started becoming more obvious that I really needed to be, and I had the ability to, to help others. So it started off in, in yoga, um, Kriya, Himalaya, Himalayan Kriya, breathwork, and meditation. Could, so I trained in all of these just things. just say what that is? Because I don't know that most people will know what Himalayan yes. meditation and Kriya is. <laughs> So it, it, it's, uh, it's a very ancient form practiced by, uh, you know, old rishis and sages in the Himalayas in India. And it's essentially energizing the spine. There's a big connection to our spiritual senses and the spine. And so what you would do is certain breathwork practices in order to um, energize those and, uh, you know, raise oxygen levels in the body and kind of enter states of uh, transcendence so it's a very spiritual practice and I went there to learn how to do this with the hopes of teaching others and helping others however 
<laughs> my path uh, really sort of started from there where it turned into my own healing journey. And I had a lot of healing happening there, um, going into Kundalini as, as well, uh, where, you know, you kind of activate uh, an energy within. So that's just one path and I'll, I'll, I'll leave that bit there. But from there, what I noticed was my intuition started heightening because I had cleared so much of my personal trauma that I didn't know existed. It then enabled me to better connect to myself, understand my wants, my needs, my desires, what was really fulfilling me. And I would say that after that, the journey has just not stopped. I, I don't think it will end. And, and, and going back to how I began this in terms of my, my intuition, my personal intuition, even if I didn't understand why I was doing something or why I was so drawn to something, I would never betray that. And I, I would say it's never done me wrong by doing so because it's always taken me you know, along my path. It's drawn out that path. What I find is when you do neglect your senses and your intuition and the feeling, your gut feeling, um, you actually essentially delay your divine timing, meaning you you sort of betray yourself and then end up in another situation that then just takes longer for things to unfold. It's really fascinating. And I, I really appreciate you sharing that journey and telling us, you know, a bit of how you got to this place. I find it incredible that you have this inner compass, this inner guidance system that you're really listening to and honoring. And even the use of the word betraying yourself, because that is actually what's happening. When inside this intuition, this voice within is saying, no, 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 don't make that choice. Don't go there. Or yes, 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 do this. And you choose a different path. You will potentially experience suffering from that. And I think that's actually one of the things that's the hardest for most people to do. There's mm -hmm. so much fear involved for most of us to hear that mm -hmm. voice, to listen to that voice, to trust it. How, how could someone actually start to trust that voice in the way that, I mean, you've had it there your whole life, but if someone's really like, oh, no, I'm not going there. How could mm -hmm. they start? Maybe one baby step they could take to start listening closely. For me, um, for me personally, and I think if you're on a spiritual path already, or you kind of have some kind of inkling or you're drawn, what I would recommend is you've got to make your faith greater than your fear. Because essentially, nobody really knows where they're going. And a lot of this is uh, blind faith. But it's up to you to decide whether you want to um, heighten your, your fears and, and really live through your fears and have really small amount of faith, or whether you'd like to turn it the other way. And that is a conscious practice to, to grow your faith. For me, that looks like, um, you know, a religious practice. It would be something like really sitting in contemplation and trying to develop a connection by connecting to something greater than myself, whether it be 
the universe, whether it be angels, whether it be spirit, a guide or, or God, even whatever is most comfortable for you, develop and find a connection with something else. Nature is also a really great example. So it's got to be something bigger than you. But what I would always say is consciously develop that connection so that you can observe and and increase your your faith and so it becomes a case of no matter what even though i'm scared no matter what i'm still deciding to take this next step even though i don't know what the outcome's going to be because i have faith that you know there is something bigger out there which is uh you know guiding me and and showing me the way and i always say even if it's not you know even if it ends up being something else you're still always on the path even when you feel like you are taking a detour or moving in a different direction there's nothing bad that can come of it you you would have learned something there would be something greater so once you develop the understanding that there is no wrong move, you can sort of feel more comfortable and you can find some sort of um, peace in knowing that no matter what step you take next, it will still guide you and lead you to wherever you want to be or, or need to be. So even if it's a baby step, take it. <laughs> I love this distinction. And actually what comes to mind for me, so... I've had quite a background in corporate like leadership development mm. and helping professionals develop and teams. And one of the key principles for well, psychological safety and trust in an organization is that you're allowed to make mistakes and fail. So you're allowed mm. to just try things out and get it wrong without being punished, without being penalized. That's the corporate side of things, right? But it plays into our private life as well. And listening to you talk, that's exactly what I'm hearing, that mm -hmm. you're taking a step. You're saying take a step in faith, but you're really just taking a step, not knowing what could happen, knowing that you can screw it all up or make a mistake mm -hmm. or who knows what, and it's fine because it's all a part of the unfolding and the journey and yeah. try it out and see what happens. Yeah. Everything is is always okay. Like I always say, that for me in my world, there's never a um, mistakes don't exist because I think we we've learned this from um, childhood that oh you mustn't make a mistake. You don't want to be a failure. You don't want to be. There's such a a, a label and a category that's put on that people are afraid to live because they don't want to have that label of being a failure or making a mistake you know it's like if you take a, a, a wrong um, not a wrong step but if you take a, a step in a direction where you had a little bit of a lesson to learn there what did I learn from this a how detour. can I go from this <laughs> yeah it's always a detour and that's okay that's okay there was one other thing that you had mentioned when sharing your own story and mm. I would love to just draw this out a bit because it's another word that we hear. And I think most people don't really know what it means. And you said that you had a lot of your mm -hmm. own healing to do and you first had to do your own healing and then mm -hmm. dot, dot, dot. Mm -hmm. What is that 
healing, what does that mean? Maybe in your case, or even if you've seen it with clients, what mm -hmm. is that kind of healing? So if I understand your question correctly, if, for, for me, being able to help somebody else, um, I, I work with a lot of integrity and integrity is, is very important for me. So for me, what that looks like is not working with a client and seeing things through my own lens, meaning my own life experiences and what I'm feeling. Um, for me, that is not working in integrity and it's not the way I choose to, to operate. For me, it's like I see my clients through uh, a neutral lens, through a higher perspective. And in order to do so, I had to get rid of a lot of my own baggage. And this is why this journey began with me, this path of self-evolution, where I had to eliminate my fears and my traumas and my beliefs and blocks and things that I had inherited from family and generations and ancestors and past lives and what have you not. You know, there's a lot there, but I had to ensure that my side of the street was clean and clear before I could help another. And I had th this path and, and what I have just described wasn't something that was intentional. However, I stayed true to my gut feeling and just moved forward with a, uh, a receptivity and, and uh, a good intention. And it sort of led me along my path and it's just sort of opened up very, very naturally. Yeah, that's really powerful. I think we hear the word healing and think it's magical and beautiful and rainbows and butterflies. And actually mm. it's a challenging process of facing yourself, of facing all those, as you said, those fears or doubts or whatever it is that's within you that needs to be moved aside so you can step into that higher purpose or in your case, really being able to help others. Yeah. So in this work that you do, and I want to dive a bit more into the meat of it in just a moment, but I also know you've studied a lot of different modalities. Would mm -hmm. you like to share a little bit about the things that have captured your interest over the years? Absolutely. So I am an avid reader and a learner. And I, what was very, very important for me, particularly in the modern day, you know, where we are right now, the way we're living, what I found was spirituality uh, and this kind of uh, journey has almost become and this isn't this isn't everyone i'm not i'm not speaking to everyone but i have seen glimpses of it where it's almost a little bit gimmicky and uh, a, a little bit um woo woo is not the right word of course it's woo woo but almost in a way where it's almost not a serious a serious thing um it, it's a bit fluffy and so for me what i i i love and what i what was really interesting was to really get to the core and really really address and see what's going on so i have studied many 
modalities which help to really get to the bottom. And I like to look at the body as not just a human body. I see all the different layers that we hold on to from an energetic perspective as well. So I have, as I've mentioned before, trained in yoga, breathwork and meditation, which is very, very important. Three, three factors there. I've also trained in theta healing. Um, I've also trained as a medical intuitive. So I do a lot of intuitive healing, which is uh, specific to, to the body and, and ailments and diseases. I have also trained as a healing diets coach. And what that looks like is looking at the, the nutritional deficiencies, vitamin deficiencies, mineral deficiencies in the body that are actually creating um, imbalances on a mental, spiritual and emotional level. Um, there's so much here to mention. I don't want to forget anything. I also look at using external substances, not substances, sorry, not the, not the right word, um, but gemstones and and other things that nature has provided us with from an astrological perspective looking at how we can use precious and semi-precious stones from the earth in order to also help heal and and work with the body so just to bring everything into into harmony so those are the, those are the main ones I find it so fascinating how everyone finds such a different way and different journey to enter either the healing space or the energy space or the their own spiritual path. And it's really incredible how you've just picked these things. I'm sure there was the intuition, there was the moment, this is the thing, this is what I need and building up almost your encyclopedia of knowledge of what it is that you can use to actually bring in, in your practice today, doing this root cause healing work. Uh, absolutely. And actually, I've just remembered that there were so many that I actually forgot to mention, probably the main one after all that, and it's QHHT. So it's it, where I basically work with hypnosis, past life regressions, and the subconscious on a, on a much, much deeper, deeper level which is a huge part of my work. I'm like, how dare I forget that one? <laughs> yeah. So I hear the theta healing, which is healing in that theta state. There is Correct. the QHHT, yeah. which luckily episode number three was with Vladi, who has is also a practitioner of quantum healing hypnosis. So she shared a bit about that method mm -hmm. with us. Um, mm -hmm. And... You're also a medium, aren't you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's an interesting one. Um, I am a medium, yes. I do work with, work with spirit for healing purposes. I, I get lots of funny questions about that one because people think that I, uh, I'm connecting with spirit all day long and, and, and you know people who have crossed over on the other side. However... I use it to work with uh, people who are going through grief and, and lots of other uh, things. If there are messages from spirit that a client needs to know something important, then I will, of course, be a channel for that. So knowing that you've had this 
I want to say like open channel to your intuition for a good part of your life, whether you knew it or not. Is this something that was present in your family? Was this in your childhood? Do others believe? What's that relationship like? So I believe my my grandmother, who has now uh, passed passed on, she she was a very powerful lady and a highly intuitive lady. However, I feel like I became more aware of this um, after she 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 passed. I wasn't aware of it while she was still here in her body. In, in terms of for me personally. I can very honestly tell you that uh, when I was a child, I didn't believe in, in, in any of this. I didn't think I was intuitive. I didn't think I had any abilities. Again, lots of self-doubt. I also um, didn't really believe in manifestation and, and uh, you know, the laws of the universe, our magnetism, our ability to, to magnetize things to us. I felt like I was probably the least magnetic person and the reason why I mention that is because I strongly believe that this stuff was available for other people and not my, myself and it, it, it just so happened that I, I went through my own sort of journey of healing where it sort of cracks you open and I always say it's when you're when you've been cracked open that the light can really start to shine through it's 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 from that point um in my case it was like i really went through a bad case of depression panic attacks i probably was at my lowest after a uh, after a breakup and that is when i started to want to understand things better about about myself and and about the world and that's when things started changing and that would be i would say about 14 years 15 years ago now wow okay um, yeah, I really appreciate you sharing that. And I think it's quite interesting to take a look at the family and see, I think for a lot of people, there could be stigma in their family or their society or whatever around them that would prevent them from being able to take a step forward or maybe seek out the support that would really help them where they want to go in their life. So it's always, yeah, I'm always curious to hear how someone who's really made this your life's work relates to that. And maybe some of those barriers, you know, that you might've had to overcome to be able to step into that more fully. I, I think we are of a very different age and generation now, but I strongly believe that women in previous generations, uh, particularly our ancestors, there were, there were lots of things which you just could not speak about openly uh, without being judged by other family members it was you know in society it was just not the done thing and so it's very difficult to know and pinpoint exactly you know who may have had certain abilities within the ancestral line it was it was uh, shut down because you know there, there were so many stigmas and things attached to that and so I really strongly believe that this I am of the first generation in my in my family line to have really been brave enough to create that space. I am also noticing that within my clients as well, who are sort of like the, the, um, the, the game changers in their family. You know, they're really sort of disrupting all the old 
patternings and and really sort of consciously creating and paving a new way forward. So now what exactly is your approach to healing? So if someone comes to you and they want support, Mm -hmm. what's that process? What's that approach? So I like to make things very easy, very relaxed. Um, So initially I have a very long consultation with a client just to have a chat. And it really is for me to understand their family background, any medical illnesses or anything, uh, any kind of repeating patterns medically within a family line, because that gene sometimes does continue to run through. Um, But then I also like to understand about my client's lifestyle, their upbringing, their childhood, As I am having these conversations with them, I am actually intuiting information at the same time. So I extract information from them. I also, as I mentioned before, body whisper. So I see, um, you know, what energy may be actually or emotions may be trapped in the body. Sorry, what is body whispering? So I listen in to the vocabulary and the words that a client may be using quite often they work as clues as to what's actually going on inside the body sometimes the so, so basically when when energy is in in the body and when it's trapped in the body they're connecting to like a particular organ or if they're having some sort of disease or ailments in a particular area it's interesting for me to understand what it is that the 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 organ or what the body is trying to communicate to the the, the person through presenting different ailments and diseases so if someone's got an issue with their legs um you know there's there's often an issue with moving forward there tends to be typically some fears and that will show up with uh, ankle issues or knee issues So, you know, and that that kind of works with all different parts of the body. So I have a very, very uh, extensive informal chat um, and the client has a great time because they've got someone to really just share their entire life with um, confidentially. And based on that, I then see what I feel is going to work best for them in terms of the modality. I typically use a lot of my tools from my toolbox um because i feel like i like to really work with different parts of the energy layers of the the body i'm not a one trick pony so for me i don't just have one tool and then just like to use that and just hope for the best for me it's like i really use the different tools to ensure that whatever issue that or block or whatever has they've been faced with doesn't come back so for me, it's like I like to just make sure we've worked with it. It's dealt with. It's clean. It's clear on every single level for them to just be able to move forward and move into the next chapter of, of their life. I've forgotten the question now. I'm so sorry. That was perfect. Um, <laughs> okay, great. Yeah, no, it's it's really getting an understanding also of what what it means to heal the root cause. So you bring in all these different modalities. Someone comes in and you're mm-hmm. able to really evaluate with them through their story, through their language, through the energy layers, maybe physical symptoms that they're having. Where is this actually coming from? And how can we address that where it begins? Yes. 
it, it, exactly. And I take the clients through a journey based on that. So we always start with assessing their lifestyle choices right now. We then sort of clear up and do the decluttering and, and sort of make some basic changes to start with, with their lifestyle and, and how that can kind of, how it's not supporting them. I then move on to the deeper root healing work, which is really getting to the, the, the bottom of it. So that's going through all the traumas, as I mentioned before, perhaps looking at um, past life things and generational things as well. So that's like the real crux of the, the healing work. Once that's done, I then move on to more empowerment coaching, where it's more helping them to actually build a framework of moving forward and obviously giving them the tools as well to when they move forward. These are the daily practices that you can do to actually support you in this energy as you're as you're moving along. So it's it's more of a, a journey rather than, you know, a one off. This is. Yeah. And is there anything um, maybe from your catalog of like <laughs> clients that you've worked with? Are there any stories or specific types of healing that you've seen that you've just been like? oh my gosh, you know, someone who comes in with yep. a pain they've never been able to get rid of or maybe yep. a story like that. So the with the type of work that I do, as mentioned, I do work with uh, medical ailments and illnesses as well as, um, you know, it could be relationship work and career work as, as well. So, you know, one being... Uh, pelvic floor issues and um, you know just kind of sexual related um, issues have been something that's come up and a client has not been able to to resolve this she's tried many types of therapies and uh, we've had breakthroughs through this work and where we had actually found to this particular situation was the crux of where that problem started was actually in a previous lifetime which was presenting itself as a block in this lifetime. So that was super fantastic. And I've worked with a client who, you know, that there'd been sexual trauma from childhood and, you know, not being able to move from that, not even understanding how to um, have the nervous system sort of stabilized. Because when you experience things in your childhood, it really sort of sets a tone for how you're, you're kind of living and experiencing the world as an adult. So that was um, super work. We worked through all of that. And then it kind of also moves on to, you know, clients manifesting marriage proposals um, to uh, greater career jumps and leaps where they're, where they're, you know, open and receptive to earning. Um, their earning, their earning uh, ceiling has now gone to the gone to the next level I think a so, lot of people will be interested in that one <laughs> yeah <laughs> you would be so amazed and so surprised at how we have our own upper limits and we sort of you know we find ourselves not being able to break through because we've set our limit and again, that could be coming from so many different places. But as women, we have a tendency to do this because we don't want to be 
too much. We don't want to be seen as too successful or doing too well. There's so many stigmas that have come through um, older like generations where a woman has to be a certain way. And again, you know, consciously, we're trying to move out into the world and do bigger things and greater things. But if our conscious mind and energetically, we're still holding on to some things that are from the past that are very old, um, it's really hard to move forward energetically. So it, that's a really interesting one. And uh, one thing you said, you're giving me so much here, by the way, because I'm like, wait, hold yeah. on, because I also <laughs> know that you have a lot of this wisdom um manifesting in engagement manifesting mm -hmm. is a word that a lot of people can be triggered by right like oh yeah. if i sit and i wish and Absolutely. i hope and i look in the mirror and i say i will be married then it's gonna happen what does yeah. that mean in this case how would you describe manifesting whether it's a relationship or a new job or something mm -hmm. that you really want in your life mm -hmm. so Funny enough, manifest the word manifesting is also a, a really icky word for me. I've, I've got to be honest with you. I, again, I feel like it's one of those uh, trendy words that came up and all of a sudden everybody's trying to teach you how to manifest. And the reason why I can speak to this so openly is because I fell into the same category where, you know, many, many years ago, I discovered this, this, this book. And I really wanted to know how to do this. And I did the whole vision board and the mood board and things like that. And then I'd be really disappointed because it wasn't working for me. And then I'd sort of think, maybe I'm just not the lucky one. Maybe it's just for lucky people and certain people. And it's really, um, you feel really defeated by this. And it can really turn someone against manifestation until I actually learned, this goes back to me really wanting to understand the core of something. And I really learned the core of manifestation. Manifestation is simply, in my eyes, magnetism. And we are, you know, magnetism based on our frequency. So we are constantly in a manifestation process. Everything is energy and, and everything is just responding to our energy, what energy we are emitting uh, on a frequency perspective. And we could be also manifesting things that we want, but also things that we don't necessarily want. And so for me, manifestation is consciously creating what it is you do want and living in that energetically and also mentally as well. In doing so, when you take care of your frequency, you actually become more magnetic. And so manifestation becomes a really natural process. It's almost like a byproduct of your frequency and your growth. This is another reason why the root cause healing is so important for me, because if, if you want to manifest and you want to make this a whole lifetime thing, not just like manifesting a new car and then job done. It's like, no, I want you to be able to feel so empowered that you know what you're doing to be able to consciously create in every uh, journey and every step that you take in your life that is so important for me but in order to do that you've really got to sort out your your frequency and your energy and you the only way you can do that is by um, eliminating the layers eliminating the blocks that don't belong to you the fears the old narratives you've got to get rid of all of that to clear up this whole this whole energy field and your frequency so you can then manifest 
very easily and very consciously. That is incredibly helpful. It's really getting that clear understanding of what it is that you want, knowing that you still have to do that inner work of handling your stuff and then creating as clear of a channel, as clear of a... (laughs) yeah, channels the best word (laughs) as you can so that when you're connecting to the thing you want, you really believe it's possible for you as opposed to, I really want this thing. And then you're sitting there in your head going, I'll never get it. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I won't ever have the money. I Exactly. Because you are ascended. And this is what I was doing before, by the way. So when I say that things didn't work for me, it wasn't that because, you know, God forgot about me. It was simply because I wanted something and I was made to believe because, you know, by writing it down or just by looking at putting a picture of it that you're going to get it. No, 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 no. I, I, I couldn't have uh, reached that or attained that if my frequency and I had these old, all these old beliefs in my head that I'm not worthy or, you know, it's not for me and it's only for a certain type of person and blah, blah, blah. So that, that's what I mean by that's the stuff I had to really clear up in order for me to create the connection and the bridge between what it is I do want and who I actually am. Mm. And you close that gap and then it just becomes like harmony. We all want to live in harmony with the universe. So for someone who is listening and they're thinking, this is incredible, I wanna learn more. Are there resources or books or thought leaders or teachers that you think are really powerful that people should go have a look at? Yes. So I have gravitated to different teachers um, through different stages of my journey. I would definitely say at the very, very, very beginning of my journey, I gravitated a lot to the teaching teachings of Wayne Dyer. Um, his book, There is a Spiritual Solution to Everything. That was probably one of the first books that I ever invested in. It's it's still on my bookshelf, but that is the the first, the very first book that I had to read to be able to understand that life isn't bad, life isn't hard, things are not always trying to go against you, nobody is against you, and that there is a, a reason and a deeper meaning behind everything that is going on in your life right now and something that we can all learn from. So that definitely was the very first point of my journey. I then moved on to Gabby Bernstein, which, uh, you know, who has fantastic work. Um, I love what she's doing. After that, however, I needed to go really, really quite deep. So, I mean, I've always been a big fan of um, Oprah Winfrey. I think Super Soul uh, Sunday, I believe it is, uh, podcast. I think that's so nice. I think it's such a good variety of spiritual topics and also very something that we can a lot of teachings that we can bring here into the world today um so i think those are sort of like the baseline teachers for me personally i really go quite further afield with it so for me there's manly paul there is dr joseph murphy these are really really old um teachers who are really teaching from a different perspective and quite a worldly perspective so that's really powerful. And I'll link, I'll link to all of those um, resources or books that you mentioned in the show notes as well. And also some of the ones that you've been mentioning throughout the conversation, just so people can have a look, build their curiosity on the topic. And how 
could people get in touch with you? So if someone says, oh my gosh, I need to work with Natalia <laughs> or Patricia Natalia, depending, yeah. <laughs> how can yeah. they get in touch? Where should they reach you? So you can find me on Instagram. Uh, the handle is at the conscious well-being company or my email address which is info at the conscious well-being company.com you are more than welcome to drop me an email or even if you have a question about anything that may have mentioned um, always happy to to help and be of support so i'll link to that as well and are there any last maybe a piece of wisdom or advice for someone who's getting started on their journey, who's not really sure which direction to take or where to turn, anything that you'd like to share or say to them? Yes. Don't overthink. Don't overthink it. I think, um, you know, often what happens is, is we're scared to take uh, a wrong step or a wrong move and the best way to start is to start somewhere so you know whatever piques your interest it's piquing your interest for a reason and even if it doesn't make sense to you you may be worried well what can I how can I make a living or a career from this that's something that you shouldn't even need to to worry about I say the universe always takes care of that for you you're your the best service you can do for yourself is just to trust your intuition and to to follow that so as i said even if it's a gut hunch that you need to be in a certain location you need to go somewhere you need to travel somewhere or read a book or take a course whatever it may be just take that step and, and just do it and whatever comes from that will just flow very very naturally um there is no end goal I think sometimes we sort of think right when I complete this and I'm going to be this and that's just the end of it this is this is an infinite journey it, it doesn't end so don't have that expectation and just have fun and flow powerful words I am so so grateful that you have come on and really shared so generously all of this wisdom, I think people are really going to have their eyes open to a very different type of experience and healing than what they might have been taught is possible for them. So I'm really thankful. Thank you so much for saying yes Thank and you. coming here today <laughs> and just showering us with all of your magic, which it really is this magical touch that Thank you have. Thank you. It's, it's, Honestly, it's an absolute pleasure and honor to, to even be speaking with you, Amanda. So thank you. And thank you for tuning in to this episode of Don't Step on the Bluebells. Don't forget to check out the show notes where you can find all of this amazing information about Natalia and her work and these links and resources that she shared. And also don't forget to get your pod sheet for this episode. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for joining us on this week's episode. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you never miss a future episode. To dive deeper into today's conversation, make sure to visit www.don'tstepontheBluebells.com and grab your exclusive pod sheet. It's packed with valuable takeaways that will enrich your listening experience. Until next time, stay curious and keep exploring.